0: All right, week six in the NFL is on the horizon. Travis Rogers sitting in for J.B. Long right here, and DeMarco, Who would have thought that coming into week six of this season that you're talking about the first-place Jacksonville Jaguars going up against the first-place Los Angeles Rams, both of them at 3-2, and and all of a sudden, this might be one of the best games of the entire weekend?
1: Uh, Only some nutcase in Jacksonville would have have thunk this, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But yeah, man, you know, uh, on the way over, I was thinking, Trav, that this might be the toughest matchup for the Rams to date so far this season, and that includes Seattle defensively give them a lot of credit for what they've done you just don't walk into Pittsburgh and steamroll the Steelers absolutely just make make them look like an average football team and what they did to Baltimore and yada 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 and so on and so on and you think about how they're running the football yeah this is going to be a tough matchup tougher than people give it credit for
0: it's interesting to look at because I think that kind of Putting myself in a Jacksonville fan's shoes, I think it would be similar to being in a Rams fan's shoes in that you're looking at this team, you're three and two, you're on the top of your division. Which of these two teams feels more real to you? Feels Uh, more because what's gonna happen to Marco, it's come Sunday afternoon, somebody's gonna be three and three and thinking. Uh oh. The ultimate and so, truth. And yeah. somebody's gonna be four and two thinking you know what, we got a pretty good team. Who's more real?
1: You know, I mean, you've built up enough credit to this point where if you do drop another one, you're still five hundred. So there's mm-hmm. still something positive out there. But yeah, the four and two team is definitely gonna feel better than the three and three team. But if you compare Jacksonville fan to Ram fan, I bet the Ram fan feels a lot better because of your quarterback. The Rams fans actually like their quarterback and are encouraged by what they see. I think what you're doing in Jacksonville is winning in spite of. And you know, another thing, Mercedes Lewis, Mm -hmm. I feel so bad for him. That he spent his entire career in Jacksonville. <laughs> he bounced. Yeah. I'm serious. How good could he be if Timing he went someplace? To oh, my Marco. God. I bet he looks at Jason Witten and goes, I hate you. <laughs> I hate you, Antonio Gates. Right, <laughs> right,
0: right. You mentioned it. Yeah. The difference being the quarterbacks. And it really is a, a remarkable transformation that's taken place in the first five weeks of the season. And kind of going back to what we saw at the end of the Seattle game, just the transformation that's taken place from early in the season when Jared Goff had a two-minute drill to run against the Washington Redskins. We saw the first play where he breaks the huddle. He stares down a receiver. He throws an interception. The game is over. He gets another opportunity. This one much more dire. You've got a lot of field to cover. You've got no timeouts. You've got a minute left. He looked pretty darn good. All of a sudden, we're seeing Jared Goff really start to make some improvements in both his decision-making, his throws, and not just from season to season, but from week to week. Believing in
1: the system he's running, I mean, and believing in Sean McVay, that the way he's being coached and how this offense functions, if – And dare I say, I mean, break it all the way down to, you know, the blueprint, the foundation. If you do what I say and run it the correct way, the play's going to be there. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is trust it, trust you, and trust me. And maybe they had that little back-and-forth situation, and it showed up in Washington. But since then, those situations, he's been growing. And the thing I like about Jared Goff to begin with, it seems like no situation is too big for him, and no matter what happens, he's always even keel. That stuff I love. I love the firebrand quarterbacks that... Shout at people across the field. I love that in certain situations, but for the most part, I love guys that are even keel that – just have a great poker face.
0: It's funny how it works, that if you're winning, you're even keeled, you're unflappable, you're a cool customer, no matter what's going on, you've got it under control, you're the pilot flying through the turbulence. Yeah. If you're winning, then you have no emotion, or excuse me, if you're losing, you have no emotion, oh, yeah. and you're a flatliner, nothing in the you, don't care, at all. Right. the context is everything. If
1: you win, you're a cool customer. If you lose, you're Eli Manning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going back to the Seattle game. Coach Sean McVay talking about that and how that one just did not sit well.
2: You've got to move on quickly because that's what the NFL is. you know. But to say that I'm completely over that would be lying to you guys. I'm, I'm still sick to my stomach about it. Uh, a lot of things – That led to that result, and you always want to look at yourself and figure out what could you have done differently to maybe make it a different feeling. But those are things that I know our players are doing as well, and uh, that's why we've got the right kind of guys in that locker room, and and we'll move forward in a manner that uh, is kind of indicative of what we feel like we are, and that's a mentally tough team, and and we can't, we don't have a chance to blink or flinch, and we've got a great Jacksonville team that we got to try to find a way to get to four and two.
1: You know what that sounds like? Rafa Nadal explaining losing to Federer again, just in English. (laughs) I had my chances, you know, I let him know. No get bueno. A, right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. So, what about that? I mean, it, it, the best part about the NFL is that the second it's over, every player, coach, and everybody they, they turn the page, they move on to the next one. But this one felt a little bit different in the sense that. Had you won that game, now you're four and one. You've got a game in hand against the Seahawks. This division feels like it's going to come down to Seattle or Los Angeles for the division title. Yeah, and you would have had not just you would have had a two game lead on Seattle at that point, and you would have won a game where you turned the ball over five times, which is like stealing something. It was somebody.
1: out there for you a lot of things. I mean, with a victory. I guess you would have um, negated years and years of coaching experience. Like, you just can't win a game with five turnovers, Mm -hmm. five takeaways. Um, But there there are, and I believe this, and you will never get a coach to admit this, but as a player, former player, there are such things as as good losses. Explain. Where you're better than that. You're better than what you put on the field. And you lose a game like that to a rival. And you get into the locker room and you realize, I don't want this feeling ever again. So it can redouble your efforts refocus a football team when you let one like this get away so i i told this to jb um i bet the rams come out in jacksonville playing angry i hope they play under control but they should be playing angry because you dropped one you should have had that's that that could help you towards the end of the year now you got to dig yourself out of it
0: the the silver lining that they played you tell me if you agree or not i thought they played their worst game of the year they had five turnovers and yet with a minute to go, they had a chance to win this game. They had a chance to win this game at a yes. bunch of different points. To put this game away, a bunch of different points, despite the fact five turnovers, there were some costly penalties. They're just, I thought Jared Goff was not particularly good. I thought Todd Gurley had a game that was his worst game of the year, and yet you lose by six points in a game you had a chance to win.
1: Yeah, you know, I would say they made a lot of mistakes because inside that loss, inside those five takeaways, that first drive by the offense, mm-hmm. masterful. Um, the defense, you're defending five turnovers and you gave up 16 points. That's exemplary. That's good work. Now, you didn't get the win, but there's some good stuff you can teach off of. So some costly mistakes that cost you a game. Uh, So learning how to win, I, I think if you put that on, and maybe Sean McVay, with the leadership he has, and I'm talking about Andrew Whitworth, he might not have to say it, but... Learning how to win, that would be a blueprint. This Mm -hmm. is what we cannot do against teams like this because when it matters most in the postseason, this is how we either don't make it or get knocked out.
0: How surprised to see Andrew Whitworth give up that sack in that that situation. because he was kicking his tail. He's been fantastic all season long. He was dominating that matchup in that particular game. And then all of a sudden, right off the edge, the ball comes out.
1: Well, I mean, if you look, that pass set, I mean, and Frank Clark has never been shut out. I mean, in any uniform, college or pro, mm-hmm. he always gets to the quarterback at some point, and he was absolutely stymied. So, but if you look at Andrew Whit- Whitworth and his pass sets in that game, that's the only one that looked different for some reason. And Frank Clark took advantage and those long arms to get the ball out, and that just killed you. So that was one of those weird moments in the game.
0: Is that just the thing? that Just stuff happens. I mean, as simple as that. It's football. It yeah.
1: is. It happens. Every he gets paid too, you know. And look, um, credit to him for staying with it after being shut out, because some guys just go away. I can't beat this guy. I'll just, you know, be in pursuit. But credit to him. He finally got the edge. He took it and beat him for a sack.
0: All right, Travis Rogers sitting in for J.B. Long. We're getting ready for the Rams and the Jags week six of the NFL season. You are listening to Rams All Access on ESPN LA. All right, Travis Rogers sitting in for J.B. Long alongside the guys here in Maurice, I'll start with you here. Going back to Jacksonville, this is your old team. This is a place where you spent a lot of time, ran for a whole bunch of yards. The over-under on the amount of people that have come out of the woodwork looking for something from you this weekend.
3: Uh, not many. Um, you know, I, don't th- I think a lot of people don't even know I, I work for the Rams. Even though I've told everyone. But <laughs> we'll see. You know, I- I'll give you uh, 15. We'll see. We'll say 15. That's a pretty good think. number. Well, yeah, I was there for nine years. You know, it was a long time. It was yeah, a hard time. how long since you've been there? Oh, since I've been back, I went. I went back. Uh, yeah, I've gone back. No, fairly. since you
1: retired from it or left
3: there. Oh, left there. Uh, yeah,
1: four years. Four years. Okay, yeah. so that's fifteen people that dropped off. <laughs> it would have been thirty. Yeah. See, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> right, cut it in we're half. Right, it's like, a, it's
0: like a, it's uh, radioactive. Yeah. It has like a half life. It Give, keeps yeah. dropping by half. another four Every years, he's down to years. five. Right, <laughs> that's right. That's how it's supposed that's to be. All right, so let's talk about what we're going to see there coming up with this game. Like we were. Three and two teams, a couple of teams that are probably in a better spot than people would have thought at the beginning of the season. Right. What is Jacksonville? Obviously that defense, we saw him turn over Ben Roethlisberger five times last week. Is that the backbone of this team?
3: Uh, that, that, was, that was always going to be the backbone of this team. When Gus Bradley first got there, that's the mindset, that Seattle mindset, coming in building a defense. Um, and obviously he, couldn't, he, he didn't last long enough to see kind of the, the fruits of his labor there. But this defense is very good in the passing game. Rushing, not so much. And so I think that's where you take advantage of all these pass rushers. They have guys that can get to the quarterback all over the place, but they struggle stopping the run. So uh, you have to try to – You know, not being those third and longs that we saw this past Sunday and not being those, you know, third and eights. You got to get in those third and twos and use what uh, you do better uh, than they do and then continue to move the chains. It's going to be the same thing, I think, every week for the Rams is staying ahead of the chains, keeping uh, Jared comfortable in the pocket and not allowing those pass rushers to get to him because they will get to him.
1: Yeah, It's funny. When you talk to Jags fans or people that like the Jaguars, they say, well, they're leading the league in sacks. They got 20. Well, they got 10 in week one. Exactly. They've had 10 cents. I mean, they got after Houston. They're good at, at getting after the passer. It seems like you just can't if you're a Rams fan, you can't get away from a guy named Calais Campbell. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, in Arizona he was a Ram killer and he's playing up to his 6 foot 8 down in Jacksonville. So it's going to be a problem if you have to throw the football. They can absolutely get after you. I love Miles Jack by the way.
3: Uh, uh, yeah, what a steal, no, Bruin. That, that that's yeah. my baby, man. Yeah. I, that's your that's, baby. Wow. That, that's my baby, man. I was one of the uh I stood on the table in Jacksonville that year for them to go and get him. Uh Obviously, they took Ramsey in the first round. A lot of people were concerned that's a good about pick his knee, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, I was like, "Look, this kid can do everything if you put him on the field." And they, and they had some issues early on, but as you see, he is just lights out. And then Teldon yeah. Smith is another one of my guys that uh, we have the same agent. And it, I mean, these linebackers are running four three four fours all over the field. I mean, that's the new it's age linebackers. So yeah, they're going to fly around. I think the biggest concern really is that is is are those two corners, mm-hmm. right? Um, can well, I ask we, a
1: question before you say that? Yeah, those corners are good, right? Really good. Why would you throw the ball 50 times if you're Pittsburgh? Are you
3: insane? <laughs> we, well, no, because that's what happens when you, you have. You're stupid? No. Oh. When you have guys barking <laughs> you know, and, and all those things. But um, I, I think more than anything, um, when you do take those shots on those guys, cause they do give up plays. Right, both of them give up plays. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 gamblers. They give up plays, but when you do take those shots, like we saw last week with Sammy running downfield wide open, you have to you have to hit them. It can't be missed drops because those opportunities come few and far between.
0: So, if this is a team that excels against the pass and doesn't do particularly well against the run, does that mean that Sean McVay goes in there with a Todd Gurley first? Offensive mindset, is that where he tries to go and, and go there? Or do you just go in there and say, I'm going to do what we've been doing all season long? I,
1: I, I bet you go in there with a balanced approach, which means heavy run. And not just Todd yeah. Gurley, but I mean there's going to be other people that take carries or have rush attempts. Mm-hmm. Tavon's going to get his rush attempts. I would say don't count out Malcolm Brown this week. I bet he steals a few carries. And then a full dose of Todd Gurley running the football to soften them up, uh, make them chase, and then open up the pass. Um, I don't think Pittsburgh can attack like the Rams can attack. Uh, Pittsburgh is mostly going to attack out wide. I think the Rams have a chance to control the hash marks, especially against the 4-3 with the tight ends and the receivers that you have. Uh, going against those linebackers and regular personnel, I expect a lot of wins in the passing game. Don't you? No, yeah. Versus Jacksonville?
3: Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's tough to say that because when you <laughs> – it's funny. So I got a chance this offseason to go see Atlanta. Yeah, uh, go see Tampa. Guys that have these younger backs, obviously Jacksonville. Uh, even even the Chargers before their linebackers got banged up, they have young athletic guys who they think can cover in zone, cover wide receivers for a little bit of time. Now you have to worry about your pass rush. I think with these guys though, where they where they they're not very good. These linebackers can cover all over the place, but they cannot take blockers head on. And so uh, a lot of that stretch plays, Yeah, you may have to go more downhill, which is tough because they do have Malik Jackson and the and Campbell there. So they, they've kind of done a good job of protecting these linebackers and allowing them to run. Um, but you have to put those guys in a phone booth to take advantage. So I would say in the passing game, you have to play action pass. has to be huge. They have to have uh, what we call eye violations and misreads. And then you're able to get guys behind them. But I think – this is going to be one of the tougher matchups for our tight ends and backs, just guys out of the yeah. backfield where Tiger has been able to run past guys. These guys can cover a little bit. Now, the, the funny thing if is – If I get Todd on the mic, I feel comfortable. Well Oh, and Puzz? Yeah, if, yeah, if I get Todd yes. on the
1: mic, I feel comfortable. Right, right. And I, I think they can create that. That's what I'm saying.
3: No, yeah. no, no, definitely. And, that, and that's, the one, that's the one issue. And Puzz, we played together uh, for a couple of years. I want to say like four or five years. So uh, – I mean, he has some. He's getting older, and and those he he can't run as well. But I think the key really is for this Rams defense, right, to create those short fields, create those turnovers. Because you do have a quarterback. If you stop the run early with this team, and you force them to throw the ball, and you keep the game close. This quarterback will turn the ball. He's going to give you a wow. couple. He's going to give you a couple, and that's the key. I mean, that, at the end of the day, it's really not about the Rams' offense this game. This game is about the Rams' defense and for, and stopping uh, Leonard Fournette and forcing uh, Blake Bortles to throw the ball into coverage.
1: And Chris Ivory. i got to throw him in there.
3: Well, oh, yeah, stop the running how, game. How
1: many, have you ever played with a guy named Ivory, first or last name Ivory? No. I have. I'm excited I, to see where this three, is going. Three or four guys <laughs> named Ivory, I swear. And they're all... Tough as nails. Knock your lights you, you out. You got to be guys. with
3: a name like that. You got to be. Growing up with the name Ivory must be <laughs> you know, tough. You will right? be fighting forever. <laughs>
1: right, right. It must be. Every <laughs> yeah, single yeah. Ivory I know has been a killer. I Don't, mean, wow.
0: <laughs> Demarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, Travis Rogers sitting in for J.B. Long on Rams All Access, talking about that defense. Like you were mentioning, Mo. Here's Sean McVay talking about the defense coming together over the last game and a half.
2: Absolutely. They did a great job yesterday and uh, obviously that second half in the Dallas game and and that's the type of team that we feel like we are defensively moving forward. I think when you just watch the way they flew around pursuit to the football uh, you see 99 is is getting back into his rhythm. He looks like that special player uh, that that is a force to be reckoned with. Robert Quinn makes some plays you look at Alec Ogletree as a blitzer and you look at some of the coverage we were able to play on the back end. I thought John Johnson did a really nice job being able to make a handful of plays so uh, the defense as a whole definitely did a great job, and and that's where you you know you look at it. Let's figure out a way to find a, you know a, an opportunity to put all three phases together, and then we feel like a lot of good things are to be coming. God, I'm
1: I'm so sick of the business of football because if Donald had a a training camp and a preseason, he would be wrecking shop. As of right now, he's better than JJ Watt. Not because Watt is hurt. Yeah. If you watch them game game in and game out the way they play, I don't think Donald's been blocked yet. No. He hasn't, so he, hasn't he, right, time, right. he hasn't been blocked yet. He hasn't made the play every single time, but he hasn't been blocked yet. Does it
0: feel like he's behind at all? That, having missed first game?
1: The way he's playing now, you would have loved to have had that week one and two. I mean, the way he's playing now. I mean, he's he's dialed in. He knows what they're doing around him. He knows what they're doing in front of him, and he's unblockable. He's as strong and as quick as anybody out there. So, is you that, wish you had that from the from the jump.
0: Is that why the defense has looked better in the second half of the Cowboy game, and it looked better against Seattle on Sunday? That that Aaron Donald is playing like Aaron Donald. Is that where it starts? Well,
3: well I think uh, you know we talked about this uh, during the holdout. Is is that he doesn't know that system? That system's different, and you have to sacrifice pass rush on first and second down. Even if it's play action pass, you have to stop, you have to prepare for the run first, and then react to the right. pass rush, where he's so used to just up the field, up the field, up the field. So early in the early in the season, he's up the field, and he's creating these big gaps. And so the second half of the season, I felt like that whole defensive line bought into, look,
1: this is how we're it. This doing is how it. we're going to yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. We're going
3: to set the run, and then we're going to react to the pass. And you're still going to get a chance to get to the quarterback because the old lineman doesn't know what you're doing when you're like preparing right. for the run.
1: That tackle for loss he made, right? The one where he shot he shot up the field yep. and was it a three, four-yard yeah, loss in the backfield? I, okay, he's dead wrong. Dead wrong. By the scheme, he's dead wrong by how he played that. But when you are a freelancer like that, you just have to pick your spots and know when I can pick my spots. That comes with being in the group, practicing with guys, and then playing with them for X amount of time. I know I can take this shot because I've got backup. Before, I'll take the shot. I didn't know how he was going to play, how they were going to play. Big vertical seam, out goes Ezekiel Elliott. Now he knows when he can take his shots.
0: What did you guys make of John Johnson in his first start? He steps in for Maurice Alexander.
3: Uh, Made Wade look like a genius. well, Well, first of all, let me say this. He needs to come to power endurance. I said this on air, oh. and he needs to come get his speed work. Shameless there. plug up up in the Bay Area. It's a new gym we just opened. He's more than welcome. You know, we'll give him a, a discount. Can, the price, can, can
0: I take a stab at this and <laughs> see that maybe you have something to do with that place? It's his it's no, of course it is oh,
1: You don't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. right. Huh. But go no, I, I thought, you, well, Go he, ahead. Are, are you if, saying if, because <laughs> he got ran down by one of the fastest quarterbacks ever? He
3: got ran down by a quarterback. I don't care how fast he
1: is. McKissick was going to run him down, and that's okay. He shouldn't have got ran down.
3: Period. You catch a, you pick a flat route. I don't care if you have to run three. Yards, you should never get caught. It was a great way.
1: angle by Russell Wilson. Get, but, come on, man. No, but
3: I'll say this he played for he played well. I mean, yeah. you talk about he had two picks there. He had he caught one, the other one he had in his hands, that gets knocked out by Doug Baldwin. He did a good job of playing in the middle of the field. He's much more, he's much more athletic, he's got uh, range than, than Mo Alexander. So yeah. I think now you, you have a situation where okay, you have a couple strong safeties. I wouldn't be surprised to see them put Mo, uh, if he is a, up, put him at linebacker. Alexander? Yeah, Mo Alexander. he's gone. Oh, he's gone. They they
1: let him, they let him go. Oh, yeah, let yeah. Go. Um, if you look, I was just, if, if you look at the anthology of Wade Phillips' his defenses and the safeties that play in it, it would be easy to pick Mo Alexander out. Right, he's more of a box safety. Well, that, that's yeah. what I was, I four was thinking, three safety. Right. Yeah,
3: and so I guess when well, those situations uh, now hearing that Mo Alexander is out, it's okay. You have a young kid. You drafted him in the third round. He's going to play. He's more athletic. Yeah. He fits your scheme. He can cover. He can do the middle of the field things. Now you're just waiting for Lamarcus to come back. And I think you have a, your, your your second. And
1: round. if he were healthy, this is what this is my thought. If if Johnson were healthy in training camp, that move would have happened sooner.
0: You think this was just they were just yeah. waiting for him to get right to make this move. Get
1: right. Get acclimated. Let me see how you look. You look fine then we can go ahead and make this move.
0: All right. We're going to come back more with the Jacksonville preview. That's coming up next with four down territory on Rams, all access on ESPN LA. All right. Time for four down territory with ESPN Jags reporter, Michael Duraco. And Michael, let's start right here. It seems that having read about this team and we've seen some of the games that the Jags have played, that this team is going to go based on how that defense plays. Is that right? Yeah,
4: absolutely. I mean, they've, scored four defensive touchdowns, so it's probably a little unfair to expect that to happen every week. But the way that they've been playing, especially against the pass, they've given up only five pass plays of 30 or more yards, it really has set the tone. And, uh, you know, they've already surpassed their turnover total from last season, 13 last year. They've got 15 through five games, and that's kind of been the identity of this defense. They're taking the ball away at a pretty record pace here, and that's really giving the offense the ball in good field position and allowed them to to really run the ball as opposed to having to have Blake Bortles you know, throw it 30, 35 times a game.
0: Michael, you bring us to our second question, which is about Blake Bortles. We, fifth year in the NFL, and it seemed like he was trending in the right direction early. Last couple of years, not nearly as much. Where are we in the Blake Bortles experiment?
4: <laughs> I think we're coming to the end of it. it, it it's amazing. This, in this day and age, when it's all about the quarterback, the Jaguars are doing everything in their power to minimize the quarterback. It, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and you wouldn't expect it to have success, you know, again, in this day and age, but they, they're trying to keep him in that 25 to 30 pass attempt per game um, and rely on Leonard Fournette and Chris Ivory. And, and so far it's worked. I mean, they're leading the league and rushing. Um, you know, it's just interesting Bortles threw it 37 times a game in his first three years. And, uh, you know, that was just way too much. They only won 11 games. So it makes sense to try and minimize his mistakes. He had the NFL's worst turnover total, and I think it was 63 turnovers total from 11 to four, or 13, uh, 14 to 16. So, you know, they're just trying to minimize his mistakes and minimize relying on him.
0: Michael DeRocco, ESPN, JAGS reporter. Leonard Fournette, is he going to be able to carry that load to be able to do what you just described? Or at some point, is Blake Bortles going to have to make a play or two so people can't just key on Leonard Fournette?
4: Well, it's interesting because I looked up the numbers, and they lead the league in carries against an 8 nine, ten man box. Uh, a third of their carries have come against boxes stacked against to stop Leonard Fournette. And, and uh, more than a third of Fournette's carries have come against those boxes. So, you know, they're basically saying, we don't care what you do. We're going to run the ball. This is what we do. And they've been able to do it pretty much consistently all year now. But you're right. there is There are going to be times when when a defense is able to stone those guys that they're going to have to get something out of Bortles in the pass game. And that, you know, probably wouldn't leave Jaguar fans with a lot of confidence, especially without Allen Robinson gone for the year with the torn ACL. But at some point, he's going to have to make those plays. And if you're the Jags, you just hope that it's not going to be in four and five and six games, that it's maybe a game or two.
0: And then finally, Michael, give me an update on the L.A. guys that you have out there in Jacksonville, Mercedes Lewis, Miles Jack, and Marquise Lee.
4: Uh, Well, Miles Jack has been fantastic. You know, they moved him to middle linebacker. Uh, he had a little trouble adjusting, took him back, put him to, you know, strong side linebacker in uh, base defense and then middle linebacker in the nickel, and he's just responded. He's probably been... Um, their best linebacker at the start of the season. Mercedes Lewis had the three touchdown catches um, against the Ravens in London, but he's only caught one ball since then. But his value really is as a blocker. He's almost like an extra offensive tackle out there, and he's been a big part of their success running the ball. Uh, Marquise Lee, he's battling some ribs issues, um, but he's been their best receiver with Allen Robinson gone, made some plays down the sideline. Um, They really haven't been able to get him going, though, and I think that that's one thing that we may see this week is they try and get him going a little bit to kind of stretch the defense.
0: Michael DeRocco, ESPN Jags reporter. Michael, thank you.
4: Thanks, guys. All right. So let's start
0: right there, guys. First of all, a couple of Bruins on that list, Mo, (laughs) with, with Lewis and Jack. Why? I mean, we saw what he did against Baltimore in London, and since then, not much. What's going on?
3: Well, I think Michael said it best. They're trying to run the ball. And so um, you think that uh, when they get in the Renzo they'll try to target uh, Mercedes, but they're really trying to run the ball in every facet of the game. First down, second down, third down, red zone, short yardage third and long, it doesn't matter. They're just trying to keep the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. So uh, you just kind of don't know how he'll be that game. You know, there'll be maybe some games like the the Baltimore Ravens game where he's hot. Mm -hmm. There'll be other games like the Tennessee Titans where he's cold. And if you get a cold Blake Bortles and you have to throw the ball, it becomes an issue. I just believe that as coaches, when you have a quarterback that has issues, the best target for a quarterback that has a uh, is a guy with a wide catch radius, like Mercedes, who's six six, can out jump guys. Um, and you know, you you'll expect I, I expect to see him more uh, used more throughout the rest of the season. Can't even hit him. No, um,
1: I, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. He can't even hit Mercedes. It's not like he hasn't been open or been ready to receive the football. The ball's just not there. I haven't seen a quarterback struggle like this ever. Well, not uh, not a frontline starter. I mean, when well, even you're in completion. his fifth year too. But, this but, is but, not like he's but, a brand guy. It's, it's not
3: even close to being on yeah. target. Well, let me say this because when before, like once I left Jacksonville, a lot of my friends are in the scouting department. A lot of my friends are in front of office positions, and so we were able to talk a little bit. And I my concerns about Blake Bortles was that he wasn't a pocket passer. He was an improviser. When the play breaks down, he's able to run, keep his eyes on field, make big plays. It's true. That's what they loved about. He's him. better when he runs. Yeah. 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 But they thought that oh, well, we can coach him into this. And you no. can't make a 19, 20-year-old, 22-year-old guy. You are what you are. Yeah, exactly. By yeah. that point, you are what you are. So now yeah. you, you know, the league figured out, okay, we can't blitz him to force him out of the pocket. We're just going to make him stay in the pocket and make him throw from the pocket. That's I mean, the issue.
1: way off target throws to where the punt team doesn't even react. No, they just run out there. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we've seen this before. I mean, I would hate to be a ball boy yeah. for Blake Bortles. I mean, you're going to be running all over hell trying to get the ball back.
0: DeMarco Farm, Maurice Jones, too. Travis Rogers, Rams, all-access. And, look, if he is what you guys are describing, if he is a guy that can't connect, if it's just a run on third and long, run on this, run against 10-man front, so you just run, 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 doesn't that become a fairly easy team to defend? Well, not really.
1: Leonard Fournette is... Running. I was going to ask you what you think, because I'll just speak from an O-line perspective. These dudes are bringing it. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, they are big, they are powerful, and they are well-coached, and they make it tough on you to defend as a front seven member. I mean, you're, you're in it for life with these guys. And then Leonard Fournette running the football – he is for real carrying the rock.
3: Well, it's easy as an offensive line when you know you're going to go forward majority of the game. Right, and right, you have to go right. backward, right? Um, and so that's why they went and drafted Cam Robinson. I was in the draft yeah, uh, doing the huge. draft this year and I said – you know, the biggest mistake with drafting Lynn Fournette if you don't give him help in the offensive line. Will you draft Cam Robinson, another big mauling left tackle guy that doesn't – he's not the best in pass blocking situations. Oh, no, he's huge. But guess what? If he's going forward, the other guy is yeah. going backwards. And so that's – as an offensive line, if I know we're going to run the ball 40, 50 times a game, I'm excited because I'm like, okay, I can just wear this guy down. I can create – we'll get a crease with this this dude, and which is – you know, for the size of Fournette, to see the creases that he's able to run through and the vision he has, and the yeah. way his feet work. That's what's uh, you know amazing about it. It's, it's like he has little guy feet and a big guy body, and so he's able to get through some small creases. And if he gets there and he's on your safety, this is going to be an issue.
1: He can run you over. He dips on people, and I like their fullback too. Yeah, well, they got they. Have, I mean, again, every, the fullback. He, he brings Everybody's, it, everybody's
3: yeah. banging there. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it's all about. It's about being physical. That's what their camp is so, about.
1: Um, Mark Barron, bring a neck roll. Oh yeah, because they're they're definitely it's, gonna it's run them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's coming this time. So the the Rams defense matching up against this particular like the offense that you guys just described the the Leonard Fournette featured offense. The Ram defense stacks up against it how?
3: Well, I think Brockers yeah. has to have a huge game. The the front three guys. So if it's smart, Donald Brockers, those three have to hold the line. Then from there, you need Barwin and 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 Quinn, Quinn and everybody on the and outside. Longacre. Longacre. Long all those guys. Everyone is going to have to play. Uh, uh, bomb. All those guys are going to have to create a box. You can't yeah. go up the field with this team. If you go up the field, it's going to be an issue. And then Mark Barron is going to have. It's, it's going to be a long day. No. Yeah. like it's, it's part of it's one of those games. I remember again, you know, being in Jackson, we used to face the eight nine man boxes, and we'd go out and warm up and Cats would Be like, what kind of day is going to be? I'd be like. It's going I'm to be, I hope you got your hard hat, yeah. you know, because it's going to be one of these old old school, you know, nineteen fifties. We're going to run the wing tee at you. What did Marshawn Lewis say? Or
1: Marshawn um, Lynch? Lynch say? I'm going to run through your face. face over and over and over. That's how they're yes. running the football. That's how Fournette's running the football. So I was saying, look, um, it's not like the Rams need to be worried because. They'll be fine up front, even mm-hmm. with Barron, even with Ogletree. They'll be fine up front. You can stop this run game; it's not that tricky. The, but the best way to beat this run game is for Jared Goff to stay on the field, yes. score points, and then take the run game away. Uh, you're you're down by seven, then you're down by ten, then you're down by seventeen. Well, can, that, now can
0: Jacksonville deal with if they fall no. behind by ten or thirteen points? I don't know.
3: So look what happened when they played Tennessee, and I think that's the best game. It was three three at half, and then the Titans went up six three. And then right. from that point on, it was a onslaught. Yeah. I mean, it went 33-3. to I mean, it was just crazy. And then yeah. the Jags and them kicking a the football and scored a touchdown late. But it was – they can't play down. They can't right. get in the third and long too many times running the ball, knowing that they're going to have to come off the ball.
1: What you don't want is – To turn the ball over multiple times in Jacksonville and let Fournette get 30 carries. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's anywhere. If they
0: play like they did against the Seahawks, you turn it over five times, that gives them exactly your offense isn't on the field and you're going to feed Fournette over. I love this D,
1: but I guarantee you they'll wear wear down before he does.
0: All right. See more and sit closer with Vivid Seats, an official partner of the Los Angeles Rams. Visit vividseats.com backslash Rams today to reserve your official ticket, travel, and VIP tailgate package to the next game. You're listening to Rams All Access on E. ESPN LA. All right, Travis Rogers sitting in for J.B. Long on Rams All Access here. And, guys, let's let's start right here. And, Maurice, you've mentioned this a couple of times. One of the things that the Rams did really well in the first four games of the season is they stayed ahead of the chains. They were in good down and distance almost throughout the entire game, really not asking Jared Goff to convert a bunch of third and nines, third and tens. It did not happen against Seattle. He was in a bunch of third and long situations. How do they avoid that against Jacksonville?
3: Well, you have to run efficiently. You have to be efficient, meaning you have to get four. Four yards on the first down, um, half of what you need on second down to get to the first down, and then third down you have to convert. But, I, you know, I, I really thought Jared Goff grew up in that Seattle game. Um, that two-minute drive at the end to win the game mm-hmm. made every throw needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Uh, through the game-winning touchdown, you just got to catch it, Right. Um, without with all those issues that happened, you could have all been right if you if you you catch the ball. But I, I still think again, this offense is still we're still evolving. It's it, it's it's funny that we we talk. It's like a it's like a, a newborn baby. Right, and 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 you're still going to have mistakes. You're still going to have to teach it. Don't put your hand in the, in the in the plug, and don't put this in your mouth, and do those things. And that's what you're still seeing. You're still seeing guys miss a line. You're still mm-hmm. seeing guys uh, not run the right routes. You're still seeing miscommunication. That thing's gonna is going to come with time, but we're starting to see less and less of that. And so they're getting better and better and better. I just now want to see – there was a play in the game where I saw Jared um, – You because, know, again, we're talking about saying how to change, but there's a chance where you can get these chunk plays in this offense. And there was a play where uh, Sammy Watkins – was wide open. I mean, he had. I want to say the young rookie beat by like five or six yards, and you got to complete that with the Earl Thomas cutting. You have to complete that deep ball and to make Earl Thomas be you know play it straight,
1: make him pay, yeah, right.
3: And then so then you'll then that will open up everything else. And so when those opportunities present themselves, that's when I want to see the next step for Jared in this offense is to take advantage of those and then continue to stay ahead of the chains.
0: DeMarco, yeah. you you asked Sean McVay an interesting question about how. You're, how are you talking or speaking or communicating differently now at this point in the season as opposed to when you first got together? With who? Uh, with, with, with Sean McPhee, with, with Jared Goff particularly. Oh, Just the, the way that they go about communicating with one another. How has it changed? How
1: is he being coached? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, he's giving him more ownership of the offense. I mean... It's just like anything else, Uh, learning how to fly, learn how to ride a bike. Eventually, he's going to have to take his hands off and give your quarterback more ownership. So there was a time in that game to where, you know, Sean McVay has been real quick to call timeout if they're having alignment issues. He'll burn a timeout. I thought there was a time in that game where Jared Goff actually had it under control, but McVay still called timeout. And that's what they talked about. I was fine. I had him lined up. So, If you're getting growth there out of your quarterback, your offense is going to be measurably better. But I agree with Mo. You're going to need Sammy Watkins this week, especially Mm -hmm. against these corners. Um, If you can make plays on these corners, you'll break their back confidence-wise. No question. Because they have a ton of confidence in these corners. So if you have a receiver that's making plays against them, that will hurt them. But I don't know how you do this, and this is why I say don't sleep on Malcolm Brown. But I need Todd Gurley effective, as effective as he is on his first carry, as he is on his last five. Um, you need him to be a fourth quarter, fourth down, or fourth quarter closer. The way he was in Dallas. Yeah, you need that guy. Um, I think that's what was missing in the red zone last week, especially towards the end of the game.
3: We didn't talk about it too much, and sorry about that, yeah, Travis. no course. worries. He wasn't even on in, on the red zone. They didn't even try to give him the ball. Like, that was so frustrating to well, me. Well, they know? were still
1: and, calling the same his Plays, it wasn't to him. It wasn't with him. And I, so I, I, there's and that, an that issue means there. means you're right. not trying to
3: give him the ball. I don't know what's going what you're on doing. there. Why, or why something not? else is going on. Right. I, I, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, sometimes you have some. Uh, you know, when you fumble the ball, some guys get upset about it. that happens. Uh, you know, and, and, and if you're not playing, if you're not able to bounce back from that right away, you get a little some issues with mm-hmm. those type of things. And I think the expectation for Todd is so high right now in that offense that they expect him to do a lot of a lot of really good things all the time. And we have to remember Seattle's defense. No matter how bad their offense is, their defense is going to be good. Pete Carroll is going to make sure that he lives and dies with that defense being good. And so I think this week is the same way. You have to understand that early on it may not be good. It may be ugly. But as you get going, and that's what the Jaguars understand, that's what a lot of teams that run the ball understand, it's going, be, it's going to be hard early. But as you keep going, those runs are going to break. Those 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 60-yard runs or 60-yard plays are going to break down the field so you have to take the good with the bad sometimes in some of these games especially uh interdivision game like last week
0: you mentioned the the struggles that they've had in the red zone and going into this game you're talking about the ability to get a lead and get on and all of a sudden get that snowball rolling downhill and really get them on the run a little bit demarco how important that when they do get in there not only are they just kicking field goals but they're scoring touchdowns
1: Uh, no doubt i'm with you um cooper cup i agree I expect him to catch a pass like that.
3: Expectations.
1: Um, Robert Woods, I would expect to catch a pass like that. I think Sammy Watkins I would be able to trust. But um, in those situations, when they do go to the bag of tricks or those plays that Sean McVay doesn't want to unleash unless they work, uh, when he does call those, those guaranteed-to-work plays, you've got to come up on the other end productive. Um, Cooper Cup, for the most part, has been that guy. I think it could be Gerald Everett this week. Um, We haven't talked about him a lot. I I think versus this defense in the red zone could be a matchup problem, especially if you make the switch halfway through the series or uh, through the possession uh, to catch them off guard in certain personnel groups. But I'm with you. To win these games on the road versus a running football team like Jacksonville, you've got to be money in the red zone.
3: Well, and I'll say this, Gibson, Tejon Gibson for the Jags is hot and cold too. He'll have a really good game, and then there'll be some games you're like, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And so the, you you have a chance if you can get – because he likes to jump. He, I mean, most safeties in this 3-4 defense, you're taught to jump and rob crossing routes. So if you can get him on the crossing route, and they're putting a lot of pressure on those corners on the outside who are really good, if you can get him to jump something that's that's not really there, and and which they did with Ben, like they tried to do with Ben, but Ben just kept throwing the ball. If you can get it over his head to the next guy, I mean – you can get after him, and we have to remember, there was a touchdown that uh, Ramsey gave up against uh, Antonio Brown where Big Ben threw a great ball mm-hmm. over the middle, and Gibson was supposed to be there, and he didn't know he wasn't there. He jumped something else. And so you can. these corners can be left out there by themselves and be beaten, but then that play got called back by holding. So you have to understand everything has to work when you do that, and I, it, there's some pieces that you can't take advantage of on this defense.
0: And, and it does feel, too, and you go back and you look at the game that they played against tennessee that if you can get up on them that's it that's that, that this is not a team that's going to come back from a 10 point a 13 point deficit
3: well is, and again it's not as if they not don't without have help weapons.
0: right not without help from you well right. and,
3: well, this yeah. is i'll tell you when i went and saw, saw this team this jacksonville jaguars is probably the, the most talented i've seen since 2007 when we were there um They have receivers. They had all pros at receivers. They had running backs. They had O-linemen. They had DBs, defensive linemen, linebackers, safeties, corners. They had kickers. They had all this stuff. The one position that they're hurting is quarterback. So when you get down by 13, your quarterback has to play. And that's what what teams have to understand. You have to come out and be aggressive against this defense early on and and try to put up points. And yet you may get a turnover or two, but you have to score points. And and scoring points is not three. You're scoring touchdowns to jump up on them. And, And once you get that going, you're
0: fine. When do you pull the plug on a guy that you know can't do it? I mean, if, if, you're, yeah, if you're Jacksonville or, and you're three and two and, and listening to you guys and listening to Mike DiRocco, who we talked to a couple of minutes ago, that this is not a, a, a viable answer to our problems at quarterback. When yeah. do you pull the plug there's and say, we've got to try somebody who's else. Who's coming well, off the bench? Well, let well, we me got say Chad Henney's well, your let next let best let guy. Me, okay, let, let me say this. So. So <laughs> never. There's a lot
3: of, there's a lot of uh, jobs riding on Blake Borles. When you make a pick like that, Anytime you make yeah. a quarterback yeah. in the top rounds or in the top of the first round, top five, top ten, top three, whatever it may be, there you are putting your name on that player, right? So you're going to give that player every opportunity to change five it and years make it is right. A long time. Hey, as long as the GM's there, he's going to have a chance <laughs> to start, and that's just how it is. I mean, that's the way this game is. You look at uh, a lot of guys. Um, uh, if
1: I had a Deshaun Watson coming off the bench. Been done okay, already. but no but, question. Why yeah.
0: not draft a Deshaun Watson?
1: Because I think they still thought Blake Bortles was going to be Blake Bortles, but I think he's proven that he's not going to be. That bl- the, the Blake Bortles you thought he was going to be doesn't
0: exist. If, if well, you're they don't we'll, allow him to exist, yeah, you're talking about the guy that moves around and they, that, that
4: no version no. of him doesn't exist. No,
3: the, the guy that the, the big play guy down the field doesn't mm. exist, right? Because again, we have to remember. And no disrespect to the the Sunbelt conference i mean they they have some good players that come out of there a lot of good players it's come not out of UCF. the SEC or the Pac12 you, you're, 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 the defense that you're playing aren't aren't really that that high powered or yeah they can you know make plays on the ball when you get in the league regardless if you play in the SEC you play in the Big 10 when you get in the league it's a completely different kind. It's, yeah. it's different and some of those plays where you're making where you're throwing chucking the ball deep and your guys running underneath i mean i want to say his wide receiver was uh Perryman Perriman from the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. we haven't seen him do much and he ran a 421 or a 418 and so those things may work in college, but in the league, you have to have routes. You have to be precise. The ball yeah. has to, needs to be where it's supposed to be. I mean, we always talk about mechanics. It's not really about mechanics. It's ball placement yeah. and timing. If you have ball placement and timing, you can throw the ball however you want. You can push it. You could hook shot it. However, as long as it gets to where it's supposed <laughs> to go. I'd like <laughs> to see that. That's how it needs to be. Yeah.
0: Well, the, the more I watch, and, and you guys obviously are, are seeing this at a much different level than your average fan, but... It's exactly. It it doesn't matter how it gets there. It just needs to get to the right place at the right time. All that other stuff doesn't matter. I went
1: to a Super Bowl with a guy that didn't throw a spiral once. Yeah, but it got there on time, and on the money. Who's that? Kurt. It was ugly most of the time, but it got there on time, on the money.
3: It does as long as it. And that's the funny thing. You know, when you hear all these these quarterback gurus, it you. It's not how you throw it. Yeah. It's not all the, those different things. And I, and I actually, you know, I don't know if all our listeners know. I played with Greg Olson, the quarterback coach, uh, for the Rams. I played with him in two places, in Jacksonville and Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've we've had these conversations. I've seen him coach uh, Blaine Gabbard, right? And and Blaine played really well that year. It, it was we weren't just like, we didn't have enough talent around Blaine to to kind of show what he had. But then I saw him coach Derek Carr the same way. Right and his and he teaches. He how said, much listen, talent
1: do you need around Blaine Gabbert? Like eight Hall of Famers? No, not at all. <laughs>
3: I mean, if, if Blaine had the, to be honest, if Blaine had the just guys, if, if Blaine had the guys they have now, they yeah. would they would be a much better team. All kidding. right, yeah. we're going to come back.
0: We're going to get one last look coming up here on week six. The Rams on the road going up against Jacksonville, and then they go on the road for real over to London. We'll do both of that next on Rams All Access on ESPN LA. All right, Travis Rogers sitting in for JB Long. And guys, how about this number right here? Sammy Watkins has just been targeted six times in the last two games, just a couple of targets in the game last weekend against Seattle. They made the move. They bring him in here. He's supposed to be the go-to guy for this offense. He's the guy that's going to make everything different from what we've seen previously. It really hasn't happened so far. How come?
3: Uh, well, it's tough. You know, teams are starting to take him away a little bit. They're, they're trying to limit uh, the big play. They know he has that big play ability, but we talked about it on their pregame show uh, last Sunday, I I figured once the Rams, you know, when you're winning, everything's okay. You know, you'll put up with a lot of things. But once you lose, you'll start to see a lot of guys get a little upset because you brought him in here. You traded all those picks to get this guy the ball. You got to find a way to get it to him early. You know, he is a weapon. He's going to be continue to be a weapon. You have to get him in the groove, though. And, and that's one of the tough parts of being a play caller is you have to get Todd in the groove, Sam in the groove, and then you got to kind of spe- space it out what Robert has to get in the little groove. And once those guys are moving, you saw kind of how it looked against uh, uh, the Niners. Yeah. Once, they get, once all these guys get mo- moving it, you can, you can do some really good things. Oh,
1: the talent, you can see it. It's, it's obvious. Um, he looks different. He plays different. Uh, they play him different than any other receiver on the football team. So it's there. But I remember when they made the trade for Mark Barron. You, you can almost plug him right in. Um, he's not dependent on someone getting him the football and you don't have to run a precise route to the ball to be effective on that side. But with Sammy Watkins, you've got to be letter perfect in your route running. You got to know where to line up and uh, what they're trying to get done in this, this certain play they called. And if you don't, the ball's probably not going to get to you. Uh, you're going to fool. Like, I remember Mike Martz, his big coaching point. I remember him yelling at Trent Green and then through Kurt Warner and then every other quarterback that we had, don't fool the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's yelling at the receivers. Don't fool the quarterback. If it says five and out, be five and out. If it says hook uh, six and then hook up, go six and hook up. If you go seven, you're fooling the quarterback. He's going to hold it. He's going to get hit. That's going to ruin it. So I, I think it's taken a little bit longer, in my opinion, to get Sammy Watkins acclimated to this offense. At, at some point, it's going to click. The light bulb's going to go off.
0: The the idea of spreading it around, I think one of the things that has made the Rams as effective as they've been so far offensively this season is that the ball does go to five, six, seven different guys on mm-hmm. any given Sunday, balancing that idea of spreading the ball around and getting everybody involved, but at the same time, i got to feed Sammy. Sammy's my guy. i got to make sure yeah. he gets the ball. That's got to be very difficult.
3: Well, well I think it, it, you just have to move him around and put him in different situations. Um, I think there's sometimes you, I, I would prefer him at the three spot, the the third wide receiver in the trips formation where you're closest to the tight end or closest to the tackle, I mean, because now you're putting him on the third wide receiver, or if not, you're putting the first wide receiver inside, which he's not used to, or the first corner inside, which he's not used to, and now mm-hmm. you can take advantage of some things like that. I think just being more creative in those situations. I know Coach McVay has done a great job of putting Cooper Cup there, and Robert Woods. Now I think it's Sammy's turn to get there and bring one of those Jags corners into a into a uh, situation where they're not comfortable. Right. See, a lot, a lot of corners are comfortable being out in space. But when you get them around the box where they got to kind of Get off some Traffic. blocks and tackle. Yeah, yeah, guys get a little nervous. They and it, it's funny to see it. And so if you can move him in there, you might be able to to put him into some situations where he's able to use his speed and his ability, his playmaking ability. Maybe throw a quick bubble screen out to him or, or something on the lines of that.
1: Uh, back when Romo was still healthy and in Dallas, he would spread it around. But when he got into a pinch and I Jason need a play, Litton. or I'm yes. going to Des Bryant. Right. Right. It's third and a lot, and I, it's not about the offense. We need a play. I'm going to that guy. That's what I thought Sammy was going to be for Jared Goff, but it hasn't materialized. It feels like that's just yet.
0: Cooper Cup at this point. So through the first early part of the season, when they need something, it feels like Jared's right. eyes and maybe Tyler Higby every now, once in a Cupp while. Cup
1: is going to attack out of the slot, right? You need someone that can attack outside the numbers. But you, you have to –
3: that takes time. Yeah. And, and that's what we all have to realize. You got to remember he came in halfway through training camp mm-hmm. and, or boy, all the way at the end of training camp. We he, were in pre-season He was in Buffalo, yeah. had a great game in Buffalo, and, and then, two days
1: later he's a yeah. Ram. And, and yeah. so
3: you, that that takes time. And, and I know he's frustrated, and I know a lot of guys are frustrated especially because of the loss. You feel like you should have won, you should have played better, all those things. You have to be willing to put in that extra time with Jared, and Jared has to be willing to put in that extra time with you to get on the same page.
0: Let's very quickly take a look around the rest of the division, the NFC West. Arizona is hosting Tampa, and it feels like Arizona's right on the cusp of being out of this thing for good, DeMarco.
1: Well, it just changed. Adrian, Peterson, Adrian Peterson now Peterson. No. resides yeah. in Arizona. No. Hey, no. hey, look, that is still no. a guy you have no. to contend
3: with. DeMarco, no. It's, on because, game day? Because their that- offensive line is that bad. It's, it's not. It doesn't matter what the running back does. Their issue, the AP had in New Orleans, is the same issue he has in Arizona. The offensive line. lines are horrible.
1: You still it's Look, if I'm on defense, I'm going from defending Chris Johnson to Adrian Peterson. That's a problem.
3: No, yeah, you're right. That's what I
1: mean. So Adrian Peterson there creates new issues for Arizona. But I agree with you. They're on their last legs as a football team as we know it. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to retool, especially a quarterback.
3: But, well, they, I mean, they're they're older. It's yeah. a lot of positions. But you have to remember, that offensive line, they've been trying to fix it and patch it up with draft picks and free yeah. agent, and they can't do it. And so at the end of the day... Adrian Peterson is, a, is is similar to similar to Fournette, where he needs creases to run. He can't, they can't get anything going. Right in Arizona, and so if I know I can stop the run, and we can't get, and you can't do anything with him. Carson Palmer's going to have to beat me anyways.
0: All right. San Francisco is in Washington, and Seattle, of course, is going into their bye week as well. The Rams bye week coming up in a couple of weeks after they play in Jacksonville. They're on their way to London to take on the Cardinals, and then, all, of course, you have the bye week after that. You can hear me on the pregame show. We're going to start that one 10 o'clock on Sunday morning before the games. You'll hear these two guys on the call as well. In Jacksonville, the first place Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the 3-2 and two Rams for Demarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm Travis Rogers, and this is Rams All Access on ESPN LA.